Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. Sports Auto. Mike Max, Dave Mona, Sid Hartman, Blake Parker will join us here momentarily. Minnesota Twins relief pitcher as they try to get it right today right here on WCCO. Uh, game four against the uh, Oakland A's and what has been a terrific series so far. Uh, Blake Parker, you've seen a few of these in your day. You're a veteran relief pitcher. Th- th- this is a battle to the end. You've been in some of these. Tell me how it feels and what you try to do for some of the young pitchers that maybe have not been through something like this before. Um, you know, the, mainly the advice I give uh, to some of the younger guys is more of a mentality mindset type um, uh, you know, I'm not not too much coaching them out there. I'm I'm telling them to uh, to stay aggressive, to to go out there and and um, you know results aside, uh, everything else aside, just be confident in the pitches that you're making and and be convicted in every pitch that you throw. Um, and, and I think that's what we've done for the most part. We've got a lot of uh, contributions from some of our young guys, and I think they can help us down the stretch. How do you feel about the bullpen right now? You guys have a different rotation a lot. I mean, you, you, we certainly as you watch from the side, you don't know who's going in when. Do you guys have a pretty good idea when you're going in? Yeah, you know, I think we do. I think um, that we, we kind of have a feel for the game. I think we have a lot of guys that have a good feel for the game down there. Um, we have, uh, I think we've been doing pretty well collective as a bullpen as well. I think that, uh, you know, we've, we've kept our team in the games and, and, uh, you know, even when some things don't go maybe our way, um, I've felt that our guys, uh, really bear down and, and either, either hold the lead where it is or, or, um, uh, you know, just minimiz- minimizing the damage a little bit. I think that, think that, uh, we are mature beyond our years in that aspect. How tough is it to have an 11.5 lead and you're being in danger right now if you lose today and the Yankees in town, Cleveland might be in first place? Oh, yeah, we're not worried about that. We know it's a long season. It's uh, We've never really – we've been on cruise control the whole year. It's uh, Even when we were up even when we were up that many games, we still – we were going about our business the right way. We were going about our routines. Um, you know, the standings are going to fall where they may. We can't control what Cleveland does. We can control what we do, though. So um, we come in and we, and we get our work done, and we go out and we beat the team that – we try to beat the team and play our best baseball um, that we can that day. Um, you know, we're only halfway through the season, so we got a long way to go. We're just going to go try to keep plugging away. And, and once September rolls around and uh, we need to start paying a t- little bit more attention to the standings, we'll, we'll uh, worry about what they're doing and that. But for right now, um, we're focused on what we have to do. We're not worried about losing streaks, winning streaks, who else is doing what. And, and uh, we want to come out here and compete as best we can until, until the nine innings are up and may the best man win. Blake, I, I talked to Trevor May the other day. He gave up a home run, of course, uh, against the Mets. And we were talking about, and this is where the game gets fascinating to me and complex. Uh, you give up a home run on a curveball. Okay, so so now you have to decide as a pitcher, did I throw a bad pitch or is he 
really good hitter that got it, or do I need to do something different in that situation? It, it's it's a, it really becomes a, almost a complete mind game. How do you walk yourself through that? You know, because you, you got to be really careful not to put something in your back pocket just because somebody hit it. No doubt about it. You know, pitching it's t- it's tough to pitch in this league. These guys are good hitters. You you throw good pitches and they still get hit. Um, you know, and any other way, sometimes you throw some bad pitches and, and you can get out. That's the crazy part about this game. Um, but like I said, pitching is very, very tough. Um, you can't just throw strikes. You can't go up there and just throw a bunch of strikes because they get hit. You have to throw quality strikes. You have to throw strikes that look like strikes that turn out to be balls. You have to mix speeds. You have to do a lot of different things. And these guys can still hit the ball, even if you do everything right. So, um, a lot of times you're going out there and, and just like Trevor the other day, he pitched lights out. He pitched one, got one, two quick outs, gets 0-2 on the, on the next guy, you know, to whoever it may be. And that that natural athletic competitiveness in you takes over to where you say, all right, well, I got this guy 0-2. Now I'm really going to put him away. And you might come out of your delivery a little bit or whatever it may be and make one mistake and then – that's all everyone talks about. But in reality, the guy pitched, you know, lights out, minus one pitch. So it's hard as a reliever to, to ride or die by the results. But what you can do is go out there and continue to, to plug away and trust the process. You think the bullpen is strong enough to win the division? No doubt in my mind. Well, Blake, it'll be fun today. Oakland's a fun team, too, because they, one through nine, they compete, don't they? I mean, it's not just that they've got good hitters, but they go deep into counts, and, and, and those are, those are uh, they make pitchers work. They're committed to long at-bats. No doubt about it. You know, growing up, or not growing up, but coming up through the professional ranks, the, the A's have an organizational-wide approach. Um, and they got tough hitters. Yeah, that's all there is to it. They got tough hitters. They can hit homers. They can spray you the other way. They can battle you. You know, they did a great job battling uh, Barrios there. He, he, they worked his pitch count up. He yeah. did very, very well, but they worked his pitch count up. So, um, yeah, they're they're big league hitters, and, and, uh, and they can hit the ball well. Blake, we appreciate it very much. With a game less than two hours away, Sid, give him a stake. We'll send you a certificate to merge the best safe place in town. It'll be sent to Justin, and he'll give it to you. Thank you. I appreciate you, Sid. Thanks, Blake. Thanks, guys. Blake Parker, Minnesota Twins. Plenty more to come, including Mark Coyle, Athletic Director, University of Minnesota, 1130. We can take some phone calls along the way. 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. You're listening to the Sports Huddle. All right, gentlemen, we are back. We've got someone who's been on hold for a little while when we said we'd take phone calls regular as we went along. We'll go to Skip in Bloomington. Skip, it looks like you've got a baseball-related question. Yeah, uh, good morning, guys. My question is, if the Twins need pitching, why did they send down Morin, who I thought had, he could throw the ball at 95 miles an hour, and then Philadelphia picks him up for cash, and we get nothing back again. But I don't understand it. I mean, we got outmanaged last night. Bob Melvin totally outmanaged Rocky in that game. And I, I was so disgusted leaving that place. But, you know, it was a good game, but uh, the momentum went back and forth. But we just, uh, if they say we need pitching, why do they send down quality pitchers? We had a great pitcher by the name of Presley. They gave him away to Houston. We got nothing in return. I'll hang up and listen. 
We are looking up the details of the Presley uh, trade. I, I don't think that's right, Skip. I think we got a couple pretty good players. Hammer, have you got that up? Mor- right. Morin was an interesting guy, though, because he got caught right in the quagmire there because yeah. they needed all of a sudden they needed a long, a length guy, so they had to bring up Cole Stewart. So they they didn't want to send him out. They they felt like we got to do that right now to get us through this week. Hammer uh, Hammer's back with us this week. Uh, we have the A team going here, and uh, you've got the details. Yeah, the uh, Ryan Presley trade. They got minor leaguers Jorge Acala. Gilberto Sostino. Okay. And Akala is one of the top 10 prospects. I think he throw close to 100 miles an hour. Yeah, they really like Akala. He's a power arm. Yeah. And that was a good trade. So I would say they gave him away. Uh, Akala is thought throughout baseball being a. Based on where they were last year, I thought that was a good deal to make. Yeah. So, Skip, they, they, did, they get, did get value. Part of what was going on with, uh, with clearing the roster space, I think we're going to have explained to us in the, soon, uh, shortly. There's clearly something going on today with all the uh, text messages we've had back and forth. The Twins are feeling the heat, as are other teams. And we said great competition out there for, uh, for people. Uh, you know, if you're a seller right now, you're going to have multiple offers for your relief pitchers. Let's go to uh, – do we have time here, Hammer? Sure. Let's go to Clancy and Hutchinson. Morning, Clancy. What's on your mind? Not really in season, but I know what's happening. Uh, how is Coach Patino doing with basketball recruits for the coming year? Uh, in-state kids or out-state, has he gotten any commitments? Thank you. Well, I, I'll give you the latest on the, on the big three that you'd like. Dang Danga's going to Baylor. Um, I, from everything that I hear, uh, uh, Suggs is so close to Gonzaga right now that it's going to be hard to pry him away. Uh, and then Garcia from Prior Lake, uh, another one of the big three I would consider. I, I heard North Carolina's real close on him and closing in. So those are your first three. That there's, there's more than that, more talent than that in the class, but those would be the first three that he'd be trying to land. And Micah Hopkins player, who none of us had heard of a month ago, is, is moving up. Yeah, yeah. now he shoots the ball really, really well. And uh, I just talked to his assistant coach the other day, and so he he's a guy that, uh, uh, I mean, they they compare him to Hoffarber in terms of his ability to shoot the basketball. Says something. Quiet kid, doesn't say much, just likes to come out and shoot. Obviously, with uh, Najee last year, they, they had a great inside-out combination. But as a pure shooter, they like him a lot. So he could be a little bit like a Gabe Kelsher if they can get him. Yeah, you know, when they got Kelsher, he was the least regarded yep. of the players. And you look at who's got a good career ahead of him, that would be yep. Kelsher. But I would have to wonder if he's compared to Hoffarber, can he shoot sitting on his butt? <laughs> That's the only thing we got left to see with him. But, <laughs> but, but he is, uh, he's one of those quiet assassins. You know, he just gets, he looks for shots. He's in the gym all the time. He's a gym rat. Uh, he's got a lot of play now in the summertime. Think about these summer, he, he, maybe I don't know if people understand this or not, but when you go on the summer circuit, all you really need to do is play one great game. Because if you play one great game, that tells a coach that that's your potential or that's your ceiling. And that's really all you need to do to, to get a lot of teams involved with you is play one great game at one time. Gentlemen, we're going to take a break here, uh, come back, uh, take some more phone calls, text messages. Uh, we're a little bit behind on text messages, phone calls. You can get in right away. Well, not right away. We're just going to call here while I was speaking. Uh, the number is 651-989-9226. That's also the, the text number. And then at 1130, about 11 minutes from right now, Mark Coyle, the Gopher Athletic Director, is going to join us. And we're going to talk uh, to the general manager of the uh, St. Saint Paul Saints because they've got a big all-star game coming up. That conversation about uh, half an hour from right now. Stick around. We've got a lot to go. A lot, a lot more stuff people want to talk about the Twins. We'll try to do that. And then we're keeping the phone lines open in case we hear from somebody from the Twins. All that's ahead. Sports Huddle, said Dave and Mike. All right, we've got a couple callers, but Sid, I know first you want to say something about your good friends in Eden Prairie at Starkey. <laughs> if you have trouble with your hearing, there's only one outfit that can help you. It's Starkey in Eden Prairie. They got a great man by the name of Bill Austin who 
who owns it, Bone Saki, they help me so much with the hearing, they can help you. Go out there and help you, help you right in Eden Prairie. All right, let's, we've got a couple callers, a couple text messages. Let's start with the callers. Jim's mobile, and he was first. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, good morning, guys. I'm on my way into Target Field. Um, after watching last night's game on TV, it's pretty well evident. The bullpen's got to be beefed up. We got to go for another starter. We got to shuffle the pitchers around. Some guys got to go to the bullpen and so forth. And why did we wait so long to make some type of a move? We kind of knew this from the beginning. We got the hitters. We got the offense. We don't have enough pitching. And a question is number 22 being considered to be traded. Yes. Well, all right, 22, in case any of our listeners don't know who Jim's talking about, it's Miguel Sano. Did yeah. you say yes, Mike? Yes. I think I think Miguel Sano is very much in, in the trade talks. I think the Twins, are, I think they're stuck because I think, I don't know, who would you consider to be right now if you're talking about the number one person that everybody would want? Would, I mean, Stroman shut out Detroit the other night, and everybody gets excited, but his, his numbers are nothing great. Uh, is he your number one target right now? I don't know who the number one target is, but whoever it is for the Twins, it probably is for everybody else. Who do you think that is right now? I think I think relief pitchers are like slightly ahead of the starting pitchers for the Twins. To go back to Jim's first comment about why they're waiting, I think a lot of that has to do with the sellers. They're looking at this market oh, right yeah. now and said, you know, we don't need to be in a hurry. These offers, these offers will go right down the deadline and it'll get better and better as panic sets in. If I were a seller right now and, and Falvey and Levine called me and say, that's an interesting offer. Let's uh, let's think about that a while, and then uh, he calls somebody else. And says, you know, the twins are willing to do such and such. So it's not just a one way street, and, and it's not like you know in the old days. Even when Sid was talking about eighty seven and ninety one, and, and they made some waiver wire deals, which they won't can't do this anymore. But but remember, you didn't have as many teams in play. There were no wild card up for bids. There were, you know, it was it was the uh, American League West and East, right? That was it. And so you were probably new if you were out of it. You know, by this time for most, but some of these teams are still in it. So the game has changed completely that way in terms and the, of the number of the, teams that can get in it. The deadline has been moved by a whole month. And the deadline Used to have the month of August month. when yep. these deals are. We're now talking. This happens in July. So do you think the moving of the deadline has had something to, to do with it? In the old days, by the end of August, teams had a better idea who was out of it. Now there's so many teams thinking, you know, with a little luck, we could still be a wild card. I think once it's over. They can't trade anymore. I guess they can find ways, maybe. But this is a better deal, I think. But these guys, I'm disappointed. Why they haven't done somebody? I mean, they've had that Duffy. He threw two. Was Duffy that threw the two home run balls or or May? No, Latell no. last night. Right? It was Latell. Huh? Latell. Yeah. May, May did it consecutive oh, yeah. games. Right. Yeah. You got nobody. You got nobody. Parker is decent, not well, great. Taylor Rogers is really good. He's, yep. he's just overworked. Huh? Taylor Rogers is overworked. As Roy Smalley said, Taylor Rogers is the only left-hander in the bullpen. And Mike, you asked who they're going to get. They have got to get a left-handed relief That's pitcher. Second. Yeah, Rogers failed yesterday. Well, Mariano yeah, okay. Rivera failed from yeah. time to time. You yeah. can't you can't send your guy out there and except, multiple innings. Except if Fessler. Is playing right field. He catches that ball 
and the game is over. If, 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 if. Yeah, uh, and Adrianza catches that ball, right. and the game's over. Okay, but... But the but, shift showed them where, the, where they should be. But if you think about how close the Twins are, if you get, just say, a starting pitcher, and you move Perez back there, and you pick up a reliever that would be, you know... I, I keep looking at that Hendricks because he's been right in our face. Oh. But if you could get a guy... You're not going to get him, but somebody that's got great closer stuff, and you, you put him with Rodgers, and Perez goes to your sixth inning guy... I think you could, you could shore this up. You may have quick. solved that one fairly quickly, but yeah. I've had multiple text messages on you know and how they how could they possibly have given up on Liam Hendricks? Liam Hendricks had a record of people giving up on him after the Twins, including early this year. Oakland was ready to give up on Liam Hendricks, so he he is a a late career discovery. And, and that is by definition, you know, how you stand as a small market team is you figure out yep. that Liam Hendricks, oh, maybe in the eighth inning you'd be better. Oh, maybe in the ninth inning. That's how Billy Bean does it all these years. That's right. All right, we need to make room for Mark Coyle, who will be our guest uh, at 1130, which is a little less than three minutes from right now. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk some gopher sports with the athletic director. You are listening to the Sports Huddle with Dave, Mike, and Sid. All right, we promoted when we went to break. We'll be talking to Mark Coyle. Obviously, a lot of uh, things of interest uh, this week on the Gopher uh, front. Mark, let's start with the uh, Big Ten meetings. Uh, you know, I'm not sure it's a great ticket sales thing, but I think a lot of people, including the coaching staff, says, hmm, six in the West. There's uh, maybe some room for improvement there. Yeah, you know, Dave, it's, uh, it's always interesting when they have those Big Ten uh, preseason polls come out. You know, the, the nice thing is you get to play those games on the field and actually decide it on the field. So, uh we appreciate the, the rankings and the pickings and so forth, but ultimately you got to play the games. And obviously we have high expectations this year and, and look forward to, uh, to a great Gopher football season. When did the Gophers have their first press conference? Uh, they had their, yes, good morning, Sid. They have their first press conference coming up in, uh, in a few weeks uh, when we start spring football. Uh, the student athletes get the week off this week, then they'll come back. We'll start fall camp. And uh, Coach Fleck will have a chance, uh, along with some of our student athletes, to, to talk about the upcoming season and the momentum after winning uh, four of our final five games last year. You know, though, Mark, when I saw that, I thought, you know, it kind of speaks to where the, the West is in the Big Ten right now. Nebraska comes on strong. You assume Iowa's going to be good. Uh, Northwestern's got this quarterback from Clemson. Wisconsin, it depends on what you buy into and to what direction they're trending. But it looks more than anything to me like you've got a pretty balanced uh, Big Ten West right now. Yeah, good morning, Mike. There's no doubt. You know, the Big Ten West, I, I like to tell people, I think, you know, every team in the Big Ten West right now is a tough out. And what I mean by that, you know, they're not going to beat themselves. And I do think the West is wide open. You know, I think you've seen a, a, a tremendous upgrade in some of the coaches across the programs, you know, in the West. And, again, you know, Iowa's always solid. Northwestern, Coach Fitzgerald's done a great job there. You know, Scott Frost at Nebraska, Jeff Brown at Purdue, and, of course, P.J. at Minnesota. You know, and Lovey Smith is working hard in Illinois. I mean, all those teams are work, working hard to improve, and I do think the West will be wide open, and I think it's going to be a very competitive season for everybody in the West. Uh, Mark Cole, when we last talked a couple of weeks ago, you were in the process of announcing a pretty creative new marketing scheme to try to attract some new uh, customers to, to go for football. Is there enough time gone by that you can evaluate if that's working? Yeah, we, we, we unveiled the Gopher Pass, Dave, and I appreciate you asking about that. You know, as you know, Dave, when I got here three years ago, one of the very first things we did was put together a fan advisory committee, and we truly want to get feedback and input from our fans, uh, from your listeners, and, you know, to give us ideas on how we can make it a better game day experience. And, and obviously we recognize having flexibility, uh, doing more things to make it more fan, fan friendly for, our, for everyone that comes to our games is a huge part of what we're trying to do. And, and obviously you've seen the national stories, you know, college football, I think had its low attendance in 20 years so it's not just a university of minnesota challenge 
it's a challenge for everybody, but we're doing everything we can to be creative, to get people in there. As you know, the, the facilities just have a completely different vibe when you got great crowds, that, you know, energizing the home team and, and helping us do the special things we want to do. Do you like the divisions now? Do you think the Alice change, change them? You know, sir, I learned a great lesson when I when I was at the University of Kentucky for seven years. Uh, you know, during my time at Kentucky, the SEC East in football was a very, very strong division with Florida, uh, Georgia, Tennessee, some of those programs. And then now, if you look at the SEC, you know, the West gets a lot of the publicity. And so I think the divisions, I like the divisional format. I do think you'll see changes, uh, changes in Evola. I don't think those changes are going to happen tomorrow, but I think things will change eventually. Uh, because that's just a natural course of what happens in college athletics. But if you look at the SEC West now with that division, with Alabama, Texas A&M, some of those programs. So I think those things ebb and flow a little bit. Uh, so I do like the current divisions, and we'll see if things change in the future. Mark, I don't know if he was there, and I assume he was, but what have your conversations been like with Kevin Warren, given that you got a local connection to him and he's the next Big Ten commissioner? Yeah, you know, obviously, first off, Mike, as you know, Commissioner Delaney, what he's done with the Big Ten Conference, uh, so impactful on so many different student-athletes and programs. And obviously, we wish him nothing but the best when he steps down at the end of December. And, and obviously, we're excited for Kevin Warren. You know, I think it's awesome that he has this connection to the Twin Cities and to Minnesota. I had a chance to talk to uh, Commissioner Warren and his wife, Greta, briefly at the kickoff luncheon on Friday. And, and I know he's excited. He's going to do a great job for our conference, and it will really help take this conference to the next level, which is, as you know, everyone else is trying to improve every day, and there's no doubt the Big Ten needs to do that as well. Mark, we've got a request in to uh, get your new boss on the uh, sports huddle here with us, hoping that maybe happens as early as next week. You, uh, you've you had a chance now to work, uh, well, since the first of the month with Joan Gable. Your early thoughts? Uh, very impressed with President Gable. You know, obviously, uh, you know, she comes from South Carolina, uh, has a strong history in the SEC, having worked, uh, you know, at Missouri, and then she also spent time at Florida State in the ACC. So she's had a chance to be around, uh, you know, athletic programs that compete at the highest level. And you know what I've learned from President Gable is she's a strong, strong advocate for students, uh, also our student athletes. I know she'll continue to support our program and help us do the special things we need to do to compete. What we think is the best conference in America. Your fundraising going for your facility. Uh, fundraising fundraising continues to go well for Athletes Village and all of our facilities. You know, Sid, I think it gets lost. You know, this past year, uh, we opened up a brand-new golf house for our, for our men's and women's golf program. We opened up a new wrestling facility. We did some renovations to our women's track and field locker room. We opened up the brand-new tracks. We still have a lot of really good facilities going on taking place, and obviously we'll continue to uh, have good fundraising for, um, for Athletes Village and, and hopefully get that thing finalized as quickly as possible. Mark, when recruits come through, forget the sport, independent of the sport, is it very often that when they're on campus that you get a chance to sit down with them? And if you do, what kind of questions do they have for an athletic director? Or is that, is that almost abstract to them and too far removed from, from the task at hand, which is always the coach? Yeah, no, Mike, that's a great question. You know, if I'm in town, uh, I do like to meet with the recruits. I think it's important for their families and for the recruit to have a chance to meet me and hear from me what our expectations are for all of our student-athletes. You know, in a big thing that we talked about, Mike, you know, we're so fortunate to have these, you know, 18 Fortune 500 companies in the Twin Cities. Uh, we got such a vibrant community. And, and the questions we get from the parents and the recruits are, you know, talk to me about life after college. And, you know, Peyton Nolans, our senior social athletics director, does a phenomenal job with Leadership U. And we talk about the many opportunities that are available in the Twin Cities once you get done competing for us. Now, obviously, you're going to be here for four years, but our goal is to keep you for 40 years here in the Twin Cities. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a one putt. You get very excited when you make that one putt, and you want to get excited and make sure when these kids get done, they have a future when they get done being at Minnesota. 
Mark, you got a team coming in, I think it's a Thursday night from South Dakota. Uh, when will you start marketing that and any joint promotions with the state fair? I know that's always kind of an interesting period with the fair going on and trying to accommodate parking. And, and boy, you know, when you've had people from South and North Dakota before, they have sent large numbers of fans over across the border. Yeah, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a great atmosphere, a great game. Our marketing people are working hard on that right now. And, and Dave, you're exactly right. You know, around the state fair, we do a lot of ticket promotions and marketing promotions for that game. And we've got a phenomenal relationship with the people at the state fair. Uh, you know, we like having that Thursday night home opener. And, you know, people are in and out of the fair. They can come to go for football and be a part of that. And we expect a great crowd. And obviously they're going to travel well. Our fans will be there. We have orientation week for our new freshman students, so a lot of our student children are a part of that game. So we look forward to the start of the 29 football season, which should be a great year for all of us. How about your ticket sale? How is it going with, with your new program? Is, is you ask them that? Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, are yeah, you way ahead of last year? Well, you know, say we continue to work hard on our ticket sales. I can tell you we can always sell more tickets, and you know, I'm just really grateful for – our external people are working hard and trying to get creative in the number of ticket plans we have available for people. We talked earlier about the new Gopher Pass, but we also have other season ticket options available. And we're working really hard across not only football, but a lot of our sports to make sure we can make it fan-friendly and make sure people feel welcome and want to attend our sporting events to support our student-athletes and the great things they're doing on the field. Where would you rank your facilities right now, Mark? And, and, and do, you, do you rank it against Big Ten teams or the country? Or how, how do you look at I mean, I, I was just driving by that baseball field the other day. And I thought, what a, what a pearl, what a gem this is for the baseball team to recruit to. Uh, but, but are you constantly, do you, do you have to keep tabs on what everybody else is doing because you know it's going to be used against or in your favor in recruiting? Yeah, you do, Mike. You're exactly right. You know, it's something you always got to pay attention to. Uh, you know, it's something we pay attention to every day. I, I can tell you. When I have a chance to travel with teams, we always make sure we go looking around and look at different facilities. <laughs> I've seen that uh, many times. Yeah. You're yeah. looking at that weight room, aren't you? Yeah, we're trying to see what they're doing and, and how they're getting it done. And, and, and there's no doubt, Mike, you know, I use the analogy, you know, you never take your foot off the gas pedal. You know, at the end of the day, everything we do is about recruiting. You've got to recruit the right young men and women who can come on your campus, can compete academically, athletically, and socially. And, and recruiting and facilities are such a big, big part of that. So you want to make sure that we always remain cutting edge. Uh, and make sure we provide a great experience for our student-athletes. So facilities are something we talk about every day, and, and I can tell you when we travel, we look at other facilities and try to get ideas and what we can take back to improve our facilities for people. Mark, about a month ago we had P.J. Fleck on here. We asked him a question, and he quickly said, well, I think you should talk to my boss on that one. So I'm going to bring it up. I made a note of it. The, si- the side where the football team is going on, that one time there was some discussion that even midseason, as it gets more advantageous perhaps to be on what historically has been the visitor side, does that, condition, uh, does that conversation still continue? Yeah, we actually, Dave, we announced, uh, we announced last spring that we are going to have the opportunity to switch sidelines. Uh, but it's very important that people understand we would only do that, I believe, after mid-October, and it would only be for day games. Uh, and we would announce that a week in advance. We, we shared that with our season ticket holders. We shared that with the public. And, again, that doesn't mean we're going to switch sidelines. But if there's an opportunity uh, where it looks like it's going to be a sunny day and there's going to be a significant temperature difference, we may decide to switch sidelines for for a game if it falls within that window. And I can tell you last year, if you remember, we played Northwestern at home. And if you look on the sideline, the Northwestern coaching staff and student-athletes are in their golf shirts and short-leaf shirts. 
if you look at our sideline wearing winter coats and long sleeve shirts, I mean, there's a dramatic uh, change in the temperature. And so we want to make sure we look at that. And if you recall when the Vikings played in our stadium, you know, they were on the opposite sideline. And a big factor that was the weather and the difference in temperature during the game. Yeah, it's just yeah. hard, to, hard to believe we'd be less than hospitable to our, our friends from Wisconsin. But I'm sure it's under consideration. I think Sid's got a final question here for you, Mark. Sid? Okay. Mark Carl, thanks very much it's for not. being on the air. And for being on air, we'll get you a certificate to merge the best steakhouse in town. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much, Dave and Mike. We appreciate everything you guys do for the Gophers. Have a great day and go Gophers. Thanks, Mark. Thanks so much, Mark. All right, we're going to have one open line segment, and then we're going to finish up. We've got an interview for the 1150 segment. So for the next, well, when we come back for about the next seven minutes, if you want to get involved, text us, call us. The number's the same, 651-989-989. 9226, and we'll be back right after this to talk to you or to react to your uh, text messages. You're listening to the Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike. Breaking news. A deal has been made. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty thrilling. Seattle picked up Matt McGill from the Twins for cash considerations. Now, it does not open up for a spot on either the 25 or the 40 man because he was immediately taken off that when he was designated for assignment. But so all three of the pitchers that the Twins designated for assignment have now been picked up, yeah. one in a trade and two for cash. Sid. Dave St. Peter wants people to know there's a lot of tickets to the label available for today's really? open game. And the Yankees are... Is not sold out. There are tickets for that too. So the next four games at home, you can buy a lot of tickets. Go to the box office, and there'll be good seats available. You, huh. you know, Dave. I know you, you expect this when the Yankees come to town, but you get the interleague play over every once in a while. I was surprised at how many Mets jerseys I saw in downtown Minneapolis yeah. uh, during the. Where do they come from? Yeah, and I suppose if you're within what 300 miles, maybe, and it's your team, you only get to see them every several years. You, you come in, but I, it, it was kind of fun to see all those Mets jerseys. Yeah, it was nice to see you and your Dwight Gooden. Yeah, uh, yeah I'd I, forgotten. I, I, I saved it for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you mentioned before we went on the air. I told this story a couple of weeks ago, but with what happened yesterday, the walk on the moon, I went yeah. back and did some more research. I was covering the the Twins for the Minneapolis Tribune in 1969 and we played the games in Seattle and we're flying back when the pilot gave us a, a play-by-play of what was happening. He was getting a feed in his ear and he was giving it to us and the plane went silent and then when Neil Armstrong spoke, there was a tremendous applause. But I'd forgotten what happened uh, that day in Seattle and the Twins uh, had a makeup game. So Jim Perry started the makeup game. I think he went three innings in the makeup game, and then he was the winning pitcher. He started the regular game. The regular game was, uh, I think they won a two to nothing uh, in two hours and 10 minutes on home <laughs> runs by George Mitterwald and Cesar Tovar. Tovar and, hit one? And one of the things I remember about when the pilot coming on was Tovar was not a power hitter. And there's always banter going back and forth. We were on a, we were on a charter flight, and people were playing cards and talking, and Tovar was getting a lot of grief for turning into a power hitter and flexing his muscles. And that was kind of the gist of the conversation when the pilot came on. And pilots on those charters were very quiet. I mean, they just the announcement, buckle your seatbelts. So for somebody to come on, as he did over Montana, said, I hope you don't mind, but I'm getting this feed in my ear and thought you might want to know what's going on on the moon for like the next 12 minutes or whatever it was as the, the module landed, the door opened, Armstrong went down. Literally, there was not a word spoken on the airplane. It was something that I'll never forget. That, that I, is so cool. Sid, where were you? Sid. I want to mention Steve Goldstein again. We lost a, a fantastic friend, 68 years old. 
just a young guy, and I'll tell you what, he had more good personal friends than no any person I know in town. They're having a memorial service August 4th, noon, at Golden Valley Golf Club. I'm sure there won't be empty seat in place. Huge crowd, no doubt yep. about it. We're going to take a break here. We're going to come back and talk to the general manager of the Saints because it's a big all-star game uh, coming up in the league, and they've got some big things that uh, ought to be a lot of fun to fans to pay attention to. So we'll do that right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we'll cut into Frank Sinatra there so we get a little more time to talk about this All-Star game that's coming up. Uh, Derek Scherer joins us right now. Derek's the general manager of the Saints. Uh, you guys are going all out toasting this All-Star game. You're bringing back a lot of names that uh, fans are going to recognize. Derek, can you share some of the details with us? Absolutely, Dave. First of all, good morning. Thanks for having me. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, our friends over at uh, CHS, our, our naming rights partner here at CHS Field, are are helping us put together two days uh, just jam-packed, full of events, and it starts tomorrow night with uh, All-Star Monday, which is going to include a celebrity softball game, the American Association Home Run Derby, and then a concert uh, with Drake White and the Big Fire. That celebrity softball game, uh, we're partnered with the Thielen Foundation, uh, Adam Thielen, who's been super helpful in putting this together, and uh, his wife, Caitlin, and uh, along with those two playing, uh, we have a number of local uh, media personalities, uh, on-air personalities, and we have uh, Daryl Strawberry, a uh, former Saints great and obviously an MLB great, uh, Isla, Bo- Isla Borders, uh, first woman pitcher to pitch professionally, pitched with the St. Saint Paul Saints in the 90s. Uh, Joe Maurer is going to be joining us. Of course, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph. Uh, we've got uh, several players from uh, from some of the other sports teams around town, uh, Staylock from the Wild. Um just a really exciting Harrison Smith also from the from the Vikings. Uh, so really excited to be to be, to be putting on a good show for folks. And uh, what time is that, Ed? Derek? Uh, the the gates open at five thirty. The softball game begins at six thirty, and will run for about an hour and fifteen minutes. The home run derby follows uh, at eight o'clock. So should be should be great. We're we're, we're celebrating St. Paul as the city of baseball that it truly is, and uh, having guys like Joe Maurer uh, join us and, and participate in this event, uh, along with former Saints greats, is uh, it's just a great fit along with those other great celebrities. Derek, we had Mike Vec on a couple of weeks ago. Maybe people aren't aware you've got a terrific attraction. You got a museum. You talked about celebrating mm. the history of. He gave of me baseball. the tour of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tell our listeners a little bit about that if they haven't seen it. It's terrific. Uh, we do, thank you for bringing that up. It's actually one of the primary reasons we wanted to host the All-Star Game this, this summer. Uh, we had it in 2016. It usually takes several years to get it back in the rotation, but with the opening of the City of Baseball Museum, we, we, we pushed really hard to bring the All-Star festivities back to St. Paul. Uh, it's, it's a celebration of baseball in St. Paul from the late 1800s all the way through to today. Um, a heavy focus on the Saints franchise, uh, which which truly began in in 1895, but but baseball started 30 years before that even, and and we we spent some time on that as well. But it carries you all the way through uh, the the last almost century and a half of baseball in St. Paul, sort of ending with uh, ending with this current version of the Saints, including Leon Durham, Kevin Millar, 
Daryl Strawberry, Isla Borders, J.D. Drew, and all the all the fun promotions and things like that have happened. But it's a when you really dig into the history of baseball in St. Paul, it's a deep and rich history, including the the Dodgers affiliations, a relationship with the Yankees. Um, when you start looking at baseball in St. Paul, you've got Joe Maurer, Paul Molitor, Dave Winfield, uh, Jack Morris, Tony Stone. Uh, Roy Campanella, who who spent some time here, Duke Snyder, who spent some time here. It's just the stories go on and on, and and we're thrilled to have a museum to help tell them. Derek, you mentioned Tony Stone. I think her first interview was with Sid Hartman, yeah. who's standing by to ask a question. Sid, <laughs> oh my gosh, have you had any players move up to organize baseball from your team this year? Yeah, we sure have. Actually, we've we've lost uh, we've lost three guys. Um, the most recent was Max Murphy. Uh, Robbinsdale native, uh, who had been in the Twins organization uh, for several years. We picked him up last year uh, after he was released by the Twins. He was easily a right fielder for us. He was easily the best offensive player in the league, uh, and and we hated to lose him. He was an all-star, and uh, we lost him about a week and a half before the all-star game. But quite frankly, having one of the best offensive seasons this league's ever seen was picked up by the Diamondbacks. We also lost two pitchers. Uh, one, uh, a Mankato uh, State uh, alum pitcher, uh, went to the Baltimore Orioles. So, and then we had another guy go down to Mexico and play. So, so we've lost three guys to organizations so far this season. Derek, before we run out of time, I just want to make sure our listeners understand how they can get tickets to the All-Star Game. You can get them online. Can you show up? You, you sure can. We're, we like to say we're, we're, we're always pretty full over here, but we're never sold out. There's always a way to get tickets. The other thing I'd mention really quickly on Tuesday, we do have a luncheon scheduled, which is going to feature St. Paul baseball greats uh, Daryl Strawberry, Isla Borders, and Tim Cheetah will be joining us. Uh, there are tickets available for that event. And then, of course, Tuesday night, the actual All-Star game itself. Uh, gates open at 5.30, game starts at uh, 7.05. Uh, all the best, and the American Association will take the field. Details online. Where do they go online? Just St. Paul Saints? Going to go to saintsbaseball.com, yep. and uh, you can find out everything you need to know there. Thanks, Derek. I'm going to call you after the show. i got a different question for you, but pick up, okay? Uh, will do. Look forward to hearing from you. Thank you, gentlemen. You bet. Thank you. Good luck on the All-Star game. Really uh, appreciate it. Take care. Hammer, we got one minute here? Okay, I just want to thank our listeners today. We'll we'll thank our guests, but we asked the listeners to call. They kept us uh, kept the phone calls coming in. Some really good calls, good text messages. Uh, I kind of like this new system. It was listener suggested. We're uh, letting people call in when something's on their mind instead of having designated segments, and then we'll try to get your calls as they come in. We'll continue to do that on future shows, and we want to, we do want to thank our guest today, Rick Spielman. Fun to talk Vikings football again after about a month without touching the subject. Gerson Rosas is always interesting to talk about all those new faces. We barely began to touch that subject with him. Uh, Blake Parker talking about the Twins Relief Corps. Roy Smalley, how much fun is it talking to Roy Smalley? That guy sees baseball so well. Mark Coyle talking about things going on with the Gophers. And now Derek Scherer talking about the uh, the uh, All-Star Game coming up uh, festivities on Tuesday. Uh, we will do this all again next week. We thank you for your participation. It's going to have a nice day outside. There's still pretty good foot traffic on the way over to the Twins game. Sid let you know tickets are still available. Twins baseball coverage begins on this station right after we go off the air here. So you've been listening to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.